Do you feel disconnected from your destiny? Do you feel like you have been through so many trials and tribulations that you've actually lost hope? Today, I want to tell you that the power of the Holy Spirit is waiting for you. God has given me a prophetic word before I start the teaching today concerning the Valley of Dry Bones. I believe there are some of us listening today that have been through trauma. You have been through a circumstance in your life that is traumatizing, paralyzing, and you feel like you're so disconnected. You feel like the valley of dry bones. You feel like you don't even have any identity left and you do not even know where you are going to go from here. But I have a word for you from the power of God's prophetic word. As you listen to God's word, he is breathing breath into you today. And do you know what he's doing? He is gonna connect your pain in the past to your promise in the future. Just like the bone was connected to the bone, I believe God has a purpose for you. He is connecting all of the pain to a place of purpose that he is going to use for his honor and his glory. And God is telling me that there are some of you listening to this podcast today that have gone through great devastation, even in your family life. There is someone who's, there's been a member in your family that has committed suicide and God is going to rebuild the ruins in your life. There is someone else that is going through a great decision-making process because you feel like the business partner you are in covenant with is not being completely honest with you and God has shown you signs that it's time to move on. I want you to know God is with us today and today as we move into the miraculous, today as we prepare for the power of Pentecost, I want to share with you the supernatural secrets in God's word that are going to enlighten us, change us, give us revelation. And I pray impartation for the power of Pentecost after this pandemic. In Jesus' name, stay with us as we learn today the supernatural secrets of Pentecost and the wheat harvest. God wants to take you into a place in the spirit where the Holy Spirit becomes so real to you that his gifts, the operations, the demonstrations and administrations of the Holy Spirit that are given to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 become more natural than actually living in this earth. I want you to understand you were created by God to be sensitive to the spirit of God, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when we became born again, this is what God called us to do. For the Bible says as many as as are called the sons of God, as many as are led by the spirit, Romans 8, 14 says, they shall be called the sons of God, as many as are led by the spirit. So what does it mean to be led by the Holy Spirit? First of all, I want you to know that the Bible tells us 
This was the walk of Jesus, the walk of being led by the Spirit. Now, I want to share with you something that is so important because there are methods for the miraculous that the Bible teaches us, and these methods for the miraculous must be scrutinized in Scripture so that we make an analysis of the anointing that was on the life of Jesus. You say, Dr. Corral, what are you talking about? I want you to know the Bible tells us to learn it. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. I want you to understand, it might be said, not only how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, but in this manner did God anoint Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, I want you to understand this relationship between Jesus as a man and the Holy Spirit. And we can only understand that if our Christology is absolutely impeccable. And we must understand first and foremost that Jesus Christ became a man for our sakes. He wasn't always a man and he has no beginning. As a man, we must understand he became man in a womb and really grew and really had DNA according to the house of David in his body. However, as God, he is self-existent. He is pre-existent and he has no beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And verse 14 of John chapter one says, and the same was in the beginning with God, but the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then we see the inauguration of his messianic mission in the baptism of Jesus. He steps into the waters, the heavens open, and the Bible says, the voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And John the Baptist said, upon whom you see the spirit of God descend and remain. This is he who baptizes in the Holy Ghost. Remember, he said, he who sent me to baptize in water gave me, gave him a sign and said, the one in whom you see the spirit of God descend and remain. This is the one who baptizes in the Holy Ghost. So we see Jesus as a model for the miraculous. We see the life of Jesus as in co complete cooperation with the Holy Spirit. So if we want to know how the gifts operate, if we want to know how to be yielded, if we want to know how to surrender to the Spirit, yes, it is great to look at the lives of the generals in the past. But my beloved brothers and sisters, there is nothing like studying the life of Jesus who perfectly cooperated with the Holy Spirit as a vessel. And the Bible says, 
And Jesus came up out of the Jordan. And Luke's gospel tells us in the fourth chapter, in the first verse, the Bible says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost was led by the spirit into the wilderness. This word full for full of the Holy Ghost is the word pleris in Greek. And usually this word is used to describe filling up of a vessel. And when we see that Jesus Christ was full of the Holy Ghost, we realize that Jesus is going to be a perfect vessel as a man. Now, remember, beloved, he did not perform these miracles on earth as God, though he was still God. He never ceased from being God, fully God and fully man, to complete natures subsisting in the same body. If we do not believe this, we are not born again. We are not Christians. We must believe in the nature of Jesus, true God and true man. Not half God and half man, but true God and true man. And when the Bible tells us he laid aside, he laid aside his own self. He laid himself aside and took upon himself the form of flesh. It does not mean he stopped being God. He was still God, but he chose to operate in his nature as man, or else he could not be the anointed one, the Messiah, the one in all of Israel who was the anointed one, the one who was prophesied, who will have the identity of the anointing. No, no, please understand. The kings of Israel did not have a complete identity of the anointing. The prophets, though they were full of the spirit, they were moved by the spirit, though they knew the spirit of God by his unction on the outward, they did not have the identity of the spirit. Only the Messiah, the anointed one, his identity will be fully the spirit of God. So he is going to show us how to flow in the anointing. He is the model for the miraculous. And the Bible tells us so clearly how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So during Pentecost, it is so important that we understand what Jesus said to us in John chapter 14, verse 12. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, the same works shall he do, but even greater works shall he do because I go to my father in heaven. So we must understand from the very beginning, we have been called to do the same works. What kind of works? The works Jesus did, the works of deliverance, the works of healing, the works of baptism, and uh, praying for those to receive baptism in the spirit, the works that Jesus has done. Now, remember, only Jesus is the baptizer in the spirit, but we will continue his work here on earth. And we understand that these works are isolated, not only to the works of preaching and the works of teaching and the works of 
uh, loving the poor and bringing the good news to the poor, but also the works that are the signs of the spirit. And we see this from the very beginning, and we must be consistent with the scriptures, how Jesus trained his disciples, how he empowered them from the very beginning to go forth. The Bible says, and he sent them forth two by two, that they might go before his face. And they went preaching and casting out devils. I want you to understand this was a very, from the very beginning, Jesus sent them forth two by two and he gave them power against unclean spirits and he sent them forth to preach and he sent them forth to heal. So from the very beginning, the works that he did were being already taught to his disciples. Now, beloved, This is why in Mark's gospel, we see that the Great Commission now also has added onto it something that the Great Commission does not give us in Matthew and does not give us in Luke. We need to see that the Great Commission of Mark is a great commission of the works, the works and the power and the ministry and the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that the believer will continue the works of Jesus greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. And what did he say? He said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Notice this is one of the first works. And the question is why? It is the first works of Jesus to cast out devils. Notice in Mark's gospel, the very first miracle Jesus performed was the deliverance of the man with the unclean spirit. And the question arises, why? Because when one kingdom comes upon another kingdom, when Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come upon you, we must understand what that means. That means that the kingdom that Jesus is preaching, the Malkut Shemayim, the kingdom uh, that he is establishing must first drive out the power of another kingdom, a kingdom that was ruling and reigning, and that is the satanic power. This is why Jesus gave his disciples from the very beginning power over unclean spirits. Now I want you to understand, this was the exousia, the authority. Some of you may say, how did they get the power of God when the baptism of the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. We see this in Mark's gospel, and we are going to look at Mark's gospel just for a moment. So let us look at Mark's gospel and let us see from Mark's gospel how Jesus sent them forth. We call these the mandates of ministry. And we see not only in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, but we also see the mandates for ministry here in Mark's gospel in the sixth chapter. And we are going to see it in the seventh verse. And he called unto him the 12 and he began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. And he commanded them that they should take nothing with them for their journey. Now, I want you to understand what this means. First of all, I want to answer the question that there may be some of you that say, Dr. Corral, how did Jesus empower them and give them power against unclean spirits when the baptism of the Holy Spirit was not yet given? 
That did not take place until the upper room 50 days after the resurrection of our Lord. So the question arises, how did they become anointed? How did they become filled with power? I want you to understand something. This is a secret. One of the supernatural secrets of how the anointing operates. For those of you that want to be used of God, for those of you who know that God has called you to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Now remember, there is a good way to be used of God. And then there is a more excellent way to be used of God. My prayer is that you will be trained in a more excellent way to be used of God. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, and I show you a more excellent way. And so one of the more excellent ways that we must understand how they went forward to preach is that Jesus was the anointed one. And we must understand that there is in the anointing a contagious component in the anointing. We might call this a connected component in the anointing. Meaning, when there is a vessel that is anointed and others come under that ministry, that mantle, that word, there is a contagious component that those that are with that one will also operate under the mantle or the anointing of that one. Let me give you a scriptural example so that you may understand what is happening here. The Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 11, let's look at this perfect example of the contagious component in the anointing. And we must understand that everything about Jesus was anointed, even his garments. This is why the Bible says all your garments smell of aloes, cassia, and myrrh. What does that mean? Cassia and myrrh were principal spices in the anointing, meaning that even his garments were anointed. This is why the woman with the issue of blood said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, everything about Jesus was anointed. And so we see, beloved saints, in Numbers, the 11th chapter, let us look at it just for a moment. The Bible is telling us that Moses was becoming overwhelmed with the burden of the people and that he couldn't bear the burden anymore alone. And he told God, he said, he said, Lord, if you're going to deal with me such, then just kill me. In other words, I can't do this. And so the Bible tells us, the Bible says in Numbers chapter 11, looking at verse 14, he said, if you're going to deal with me like this, then just kill me. I pray thee out of your hand. And the Lord said to Moses in verse 16, gather unto me 70 men, the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation with you. And I will come down and talk with you. Now watch this. This is the contagious component of the anointing. And I will take of the spirit that is on thee, and I will put it 
upon them that you will not bear the burden alone, that they will bear the burden of the people with thee. What does this mean? This means that the individual does not, if you will, receive someone's mantle and take from that mantle to do their own thing if they're in a ministry. But what that means is that corporately, in the sense of koinonia, in the sense of intensity of the anointing, when one begins to listen, one begins to operate, one begins to come under the mantle of a church, or one becomes under a mantle of a ministry, God takes the anointing that is on that work and he imparts it to the vessels that are willing to bear the burden to the vessels that bear the burden in prayer or bear the burden in labor or bear the burden some way to bear the burden of the ministry. And this is the burden bearing power of God. And we must see this beloved. When Jesus sent the disciples out. He sent them out two by two, but they were not operating in their own anointing yet. That did not happen till Pentecost. They were going in the authority of Jesus. They were extensions of his ministry. They were extensions of his preaching. They were extensions of everything he was teaching them. They were operating under the contagious component of the anointing. So we see this as one of the methods of the miraculous that Jesus used in his ministry. We also see one of the most important uh, methods for the miraculous, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. I am going to show you, beloved, something about the supernatural sensitivity of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. And oh, that we would be like this. And I pray as I speak this, that every one of you that are listening to this podcast will receive this mantle from Jesus. I pray that every one of you that are listening to this will understand and that have a revelation as I speak that the mantle that is being declared in this message from Jesus that he operated in, you also will operate in it. Why? Because it's God's will. Why? Because Jesus is sending us forth. Remember the great commission. In my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues and they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Five supernatural signs of the spirit that will follow them that believe. That's why Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. Now, beloved, I want you to understand what the Bible is showing us about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And one of the places in the scripture that we see Jesus being so yielded and so filled with the spirit, we see the operation and demonstration of the Holy Spirit flowing through Jesus, which is the model for the miraculous. 
those of us who want to be used of God, who understand the great commission and the call to every believer who has been baptized. Every believer who believes on Jesus should be moving in these five ministries and they should be moving in the five gifts that the spirit, the five levels of ministry and gifts that the spirit of God is teaching us in the great commission of Mark chapter 16 verse is verses 17 through 18. But let us look just for a moment. We are going to see Jesus on his way to raise Jairus's daughter from the dead and on the way and uh, to heal Jairus's daughter, to wake her up out of her sleep. We are going to see that there was a woman with an issue of blood. Let us pick it up from there. And the Bible says, in verse 25 of Mark's gospel in the fifth chapter, the Bible says in a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of the physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but grew worse. When she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. First thing I want you to see is that she came in the press. And this is something that we cannot minimize, beloved. We cannot minimize the crowds, the presses that followed Jesus of Nazareth everywhere he went. Unfortunately, the movies do not do justice. He emptied out entire towns everywhere he went in the Galilee. Where was his ministry? We must understand thousands followed him. They thronged him. We see thousands thronging him uh, throughout Mark's gospel, throughout Luke's gospel. And we see that as many as touched him, even his garments were made whole. And this woman was one of those who came in behind the press of people. And the Bible tells us, beloved saints, that she was behind him. Now, someone who is behind you, you cannot see. Someone who is behind you, you have no way of knowing what the person is doing, especially when there are thousands of people pressing to try to get to you and when there are hands everywhere upon you. And the Bible tells us that this woman had an issue of blood 12 years and only grew worse. The Bible says in verse 27, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I just touch his clothes, I will behold. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. Now watch this. And she felt in her body. So often when healing takes place, there will be a miraculous manifestation, a supernatural type of sensation that will happen in your body. You will feel heat. You will feel electricity. Sometimes you will just feel a peace, a warmth go over your body. She felt in her body. And this is very scriptural because we're seeing it here in the word. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And immediately, Jesus knowing in himself. Now, I want you to understand this word knowing. Jesus knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? powerful revelation on how he was used of God. 
First of all, Jesus immediately knowing in himself. This means how the spirit worked, the spirit of God worked within Jesus. This means that Jesus had a very special relationship with the Holy Spirit and knew every time there was a witness of the spirit within him. You see, beloved, you might say, I'm led by the Spirit. I think I'm following the leading of the Holy Spirit. One of the ways you can be sure that you're led by the Spirit and not by your mind and not by your emotions and not just by what you think is that when you allow the inward man within you to be led by the Spirit. You see, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, The Bible tells us so clearly that the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. This is what the Bible says. For the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I want you to see this. The spirit bears witness with our spirit. What does that mean? That means the Holy Ghost who lives within us touches our inward man, our spirit. Remember, we are a trichotomy according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And the God of peace sanctify you holy spirit, soul, and body. So here we see that Jesus felt in his inward man. He felt that dunamis being released and he knew that witness of the spirit from within him. And this word, the Bible says immediately Jesus knowing in himself. This word knowing, there are two words for know that are usually used in this connotation. One is gnosis. Gnosis in Greek means to have a general knowledge about a certain issue, to be generally aware. And then the other word is epikonosis. Epikonosis literally means to have explicit, detailed knowledge, to have perfected knowledge, to be very well acquainted and expert in a certain situation. The word that is used here for how Jesus knew within himself was epikonosis. He wasn't guessing. He didn't just have a generalized information about how the spirit of God moved through him. He knew exactly to the T what was happening, that virtue was leaving his body. And that word in the Greek for virtue is the word power. So God wants there to be an accessibility to the witness of the spirit so that whenever the Holy Spirit wants to access the power of God that is within us, when he wants to use us in gifts or use us in ministry, that he has full access, that we are very well aware completely supernaturally sensitive to his leading in all things. And here we see Jesus being so led that he actually turned about. He wasn't looking in the front 
because he knew that it did not come from the front. This woman was behind him. He had no way of knowing that it was from somebody pressing on him, that, that, that if in the natural he knew it was from the press of the hands of the people that were behind, the Bible would have told us he would have felt human hands. But we know there were human hands, but that is not how he knew. He did not know from the human hands. He knew from the witness of the spirit. And he also knew exactly that the person was behind him. He did not see that it was anyone in front of him or on the side of him, not because he was looking in the front or looking on the side. He turned around. He knew exactly it was someone from behind him that had touched him. And I want you to know this is explicit, complete, supernatural sensitivity to know where the person is at in the spirit. The clarity was so clear. And we see that he said, who touched my clothes? He knew that it was so refined, this epikonosis of knowing how the spirit of God worked and knowing exactly how the dunamis power was flowing out of him. He even knew that someone had made a word of faith within themselves to touch the clothes of Jesus. And his disciples, who did not quite understand the realm of the spirit yet, they only understood the natural realm. And I want you to understand the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God because they're foolishness to him. And that's exactly what we see happening here. In verse 31, the Bible says, and the disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging on you. And yet you say, who touched me? And he looked round about as he turned and he saw her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, notice how the Bible keeps repeating what was done in her. Jesus felt in himself. There is something about the Spirit of God working from within us. This text is teaching us that we not be just sensitive to the Spirit working outwardly, but that we must learn how to be sensitive to the Spirit working inwardly, that we must know the working of the Spirit according to the power of God. And so here, beloved saints, we see that she fell down and told him all the truth. And Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go your way. Be not afraid, the Bible tells us. But he said, daughter, go your way, for your faith has made you whole. Now, beloved saints, These are just some of the methods of the miraculous used by Jesus, the perfect vessel of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer for you today is that you would be used of God. And I believe you are. I believe today that there is an impartation coming over this podcast and that those of you that want more of the anointing, those of you who say, Holy Spirit, during this Pentecost, this make this a Pentecost after the pandemic, fill my life, give me wisdom, give me knowledge. I want to be like Ananias in the book of Acts. Do you realize, beloved saints, that Ananias did not hold a fivefold office? The Bible introduces Ananias of Acts 9 as a certain disciple. Yet we see in the life of this certain disciple, we see word of wisdom, word of knowledge. We also see healing. We see prophecy. We see visions. We see so many gifts of the spirit in full operation. He was operating in word of knowledge. Why? Because he had seen in the vision and God said to him, go to a street called straight 
to the house of one called Simon the Tanner. And the Bible says, and there you will find one. The Bible says, even Saul of Tarsus. This was explicit word of knowledge. And God gave him word of wisdom on how to operate in that word of knowledge, because word of wisdom will teach us how to apply the word of knowledge that has been given to us. So God wants us to operate in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that the gifts of the Spirit would be activated in the lives of every believer that is listening to this podcast today. I release the anointing. I release the hunger to seek after the deeper things of God to prepare us for Pentecost. And I release upon all the ministers, all the singers, all the psalmists, all the preachers, all the exhorters, all of those that are involved in intercession, all of those that are listening to this podcast today, every mother, every father, every person in everyday life to be used of God with the gifts of the spirit from the moment they wake up, even through the night in their dreams. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everyone said amen and amen. Beloved, I want to invite you to our website to mydayofdestiny.com. Visit our website, download other podcasts, and also you can donate to our worldwide global initiative in our missionary outreach called Hesed. Hesed is the word in Hebrew that means loving kindness, and we have works all over the world, feeding the poor, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, uh, those from foreign countries that are not educated. We have water wells. We have Dr. Michelle Corral Sewing School in Pakistan. We have street children in the Philippines that we have rescued from the streets. We have feeding programs in the Philippines. We have orphan home that we assist in Kampala, Uganda. We have works all over this world in Palawan, Karun, many other places throughout this planet where on a daily basis we share the love of God in feeding programs, Christian education, and medical supplies, medical clinics, water wells, and so many other things that you can do to increase the love of God and the work of evangelism. Today, if you go to mydayofdestiny.com, you can push the donate button and sow to this ministry, or you can text to give, and you can text at 77977 to Hesed, C-H-E-S-E-D. God bless you. We love you, and we will see you soon.